2: Hey, what's up, Top Rope Nation? Episode two hundred and thirty-nine of your favorite pro wrestling podcast. My name's Ryan Drosty. We've got the trio back together, reuniting tonight. Justin Joint, the last time you were on Top Rope Nation, at least on the flagship show, January twentieth. So welcome smokes. back. Yeah, you were you were on, of course, our classic show for Patreon with the ninety-two Rumble after that. But uh, those people that only tune into the main feed, they haven't heard from you in a while. How you doing?
0: Well, I'm. I'm- Little under the weather, uh, trying to nip it in the butt as quickly as possible because I'm supposed to have some special guests over this weekend. Yes, the Drosties, so the Drosty family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we can make it. You got you got 48 hours, sir. Yeah, So, yeah. so just to, just to warn all the listeners, I'm a little medicated, <laughs> just a little medicated.
1: Aren't we all? <laughs> Are you,
2: wait a second. Are you saying this this might end up like the what was it? The WrestleMania preview show we did a couple of years ago where I you believe, were slurring your speech?
0: I believe that was SummerSlam and that was a different kind of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I was I can't
2: remember what the show was. SummerSlam. All I remember is you were tanked by the end of the show. That was a good one. I
0: was right. I, I was I was slurring, but what I was saying was correct. <laughs> I do remember yes. that.
2: Yeah. Uh Kyle now you have been running all over that house getting ready for tonight, and I we were scared. I didn't know ten minutes before you we went on the air, you might not be able to make it. So how are you doing?
1: I never miss a shot, Ryan Trosty. You know that.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but
1: uh, yes, Papa Shango uh, put a curse on my daughter. Apparently,
2: <laughs> I was going to use that reference.
1: Better. <laughs> She's gonna puke. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm here. And by the way, uh, I just want to point out when I did the one, two, three. Uh, not a painted nail, but I slammed it in the door uh, several weeks ago, and it hasn't gone away. Did did the four
0: horsemen do that to you?
1: They did. Yes, they, they did at a gas station. Actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, man! Wow, we're we're under the weather a little bit. We're playing hurt. Maybe maybe some puke will fly in from the sides. We never know what's going to happen tonight on Top Rope Nation. But
1: anything can happen in Top Rope Nation. <laughs>
2: We appreciate you for joining us live or on demand. We're streaming live, of course, on all the video platforms tonight. And thank you for tuning in the podcast feed if you're listening on Friday morning. We got a lot to talk about tonight. We had a great edition of AEW Dynamite last night. We're going to talk about Keith Lee's debut with the company, Switchblade Jay White's debut, some great matches. And by the way, if you watched AEW Dynamite last night, I have to give a shout out. I'm going to put it up here on the screen on the video overlay. To our guy, Michael Jenkinson, who was on the show the last time Justin was on. The, the best Royal Rumble entrance of all time back in January. Uh, he was front and center. Halfway back and center, I should say. As Dynamite went on the air. A massive Top Rope Nation sign right there in Atlantic City. That was Michael. Thank you for getting us on the air. So if you guys were watching and you saw it, there it was. He got it up a few more times during the show as well but I, we noticed that we were doing our playback show uh watching the show live with several top rope nation listeners if you want to join us in the future get in the facebook group uh, but right as they go on the air we're like is that a top rope nation sign holy shit it is a top rope nation sign we didn't find out it was michael until later in the night so very cool
1: and there he is in the chat by the way
2: yeah i gotta open the chat room there he is fresh haircut that's right kyle got a haircut today I got a haircut today. We're all looking good. Justin, you recently got a haircut. True. So, Michael, thank you again. We got Alan in the chat. Uh, uh, that makes it makes sense. feel good. Been waiting all day. Yeah. Heck yeah.
0: It's like a new pair of socks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Aaron Aaron Graham, check it in. Get your Top Rope Nation signs up. That's right. Who is going next week to AEW? We got to keep this train rolling. We need some more Top Rope Nation signs on the air. So, that, it, like, yeah, that was super cool.
1: Make it like the Washington State flag at college game day. (laughs) Wasn't that like, you know, 10 straight years or something? Somebody brought that thing to the pregame show?
2: I uh, immediately, I mean, we're talking five minutes into Dynamite. I'm getting text messages from from numerous people. Is that a top rope nation sign I just saw? Absolutely. That's our guy, Michael Jenkinson. So, uh, yeah, if you noticed it, let us know. But a very cool moment for the show. And uh, we're going to break it all down here in just a second. Of course. Thank you, guys, Michael. Yes. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get in your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. It helps us out a lot. YouTube numbers have been ticking up a little bit in recent weeks. So we appreciate that. And uh, later in the show, we'll be talking about another great way that you can help us out. And that is by becoming a patron of the show. More on that here. In a little bit. So, we're definitely going to start off with Dynamite. Uh, I think right off the bat, I can just talk about the ratings, which came in just a couple of hours ago. It was a huge night for AEW. Of course, big promotion for this show. You had the Texas Deathmatch main event with uh, Hangman Page and Lance Archer. You had the Forbidden Door being teased by Tony Khan, and it worked. The show gets 1.129 million viewers, number one on the night on cable. In the 18 to 49 demo, 0.41, it topped the Olympics. It topped two NBA regular season basketball games. Uh, Kyle, your instant reaction to hearing this about the ratings last night?
1: I really wasn't surprised. You know, there it felt like there was a lot of intrigue about the show simply due to what was going on in social media throughout the week with the tease of the surprise. I think. For what a wrestling TV show should usually be, it checked all the boxes. Fast paced, uh, you know. Every segment felt like someone or something got over. There was great wrestling on the back end, and you know, you had multiple surprises. It was a fast two hours. Mm-hmm. I, we, we 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 said it last night. I thought it was the best episode of Dynamite in months. You know, this was what their highest rank since late September. You said, yeah. Uh, this was a probably the best dynamite since that period
2: i mean certainly the best since winter is coming uh, in mid-december almost two months and you know there's been a lot of talk back and forth about their ratings in recent weeks so it was up significantly this week from where it has been um we last week we were at 954,000 viewers that was down from 1.1 million the week before and so they dropped you know percentage-wise fairly significantly last week and you know, of course, all the critics were out on that. We said on this program, probably too much is being made of this. We're talking about a difference of a little over a hundred thousand viewers week in and week out, but they definitely rebounded this week in a major, major way. Uh Justin, any quick reaction to the ratings, Zeus? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> were you expecting that? One point one
0: million. Uh no, I don't know. It's good rating. <laughs> yeah, number. <laughs>
1: It, it, it is so to justice. Point, it's like really hard to predict the ratings. Yeah. A lot. Um, I'll say this at the risk of offending someone. What do you guys think of the Olympics? I don't watch the Olympics.
0: I Yeah. I, I stopped watching the Olympics a long time ago, especially the winter Olympics. Yeah.
1: It's a bunch of sports that America's no good at. And I don't know anything about.
2: <laughs> I was just talking about this with my wife actually uh, over dinner tonight. And we were like, we haven't watched this at all this year. And, Normally, we'll watch it a little bit. Uh, I definitely watch the Summer Olympics more than the Winter Olympics, but I haven't seen a minute of this year's yet. So, Justin, let me ask you this, since you're not a numbers guy. I know you're a guy when it comes to what the arenas and the venues look like. So this was kind of an iconic venue, Atlantic City Boardwalk Hall. You know, there have been legendary events there over the years in the wrestling world. Of course, WrestleMania four and five. I mean, how excited were you to see a show emanating from there? And how did you think it looked on television?
0: Uh, I was pretty excited, although with the way they light the seats normally outside of Earth or Ash, I, I didn't think it probably really look all that different. In fact, the only times you could really tell where it was was sometimes think opposite the stage kind of way up in the rafters some of the lighting you could you could tell it was that venue but outside of that yeah I mean I was hoping for some yellow carpets and maybe for somebody to give a brutal backdrop to Virgil on the stairs but uh just didn't happen
2: uh yeah I thought I thought that too like either when you were seeing it from far away or sometimes they would have a shot like kind of low looking up and then you could Mm -hmm. see like the the roof of the arena is pretty iconic looking, you know, it's a big arch basically all the way down. Um, that's when I think back to the WrestleManias that were there. That's what I remember is you know that kind of arch ceiling with the colors across there and everything. And I know like between matches they had some spotlights going, and you could really notice that unique ceiling in the venue. But otherwise, you're right. It, it looked pretty much like most of their their normal shows. But I was I was pretty excited for this when they announced it that they were doing a show from there a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Best, so. best wrestling show I've ever seen in that building.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was better than WrestleMania 4 and 5. I agree 100%. So, yeah, I mean, we had Jay White. We had Keith Lee. I guess we could lead with either of these because probably Keith Lee is the bigger story for most of the people, at least in my social media timelines. And so, I mean, we were very high on his match with Isaiah Cassie last night, if you were with us on the live watch along and playback. And, uh, you know, there's been kind of, it's, it's odd because I've seen some mixed things on social media today about it, but to me, it was all positives. He got a massive reaction from the crowd. Uh, the match was worked exactly like a Keith Lee match should be worked. him throwing Cassidy across the ring, 10 feet in the air. Um, I didn't think it dragged on too long. You know, I might've had him win a little bit quicker, but that's really nitpicky overall. I mean, he was basically dominant. And so. I thought it was it was fantastic, Kyle Ross. How about you?
1: I wanted to hear what Justin said because I was going to take okay. this in a bizarre direction.
0: I was just, I just to add to all the things they got right. He wasn't wearing some stupid outfit that Vince put him in to try and cover up his body or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys? Uh, I, I agree, and we're going to talk a lot about the body because I know that was a big talking point on social media. Some of the real tastemakers in this industry um, said some things in their reviews and. There was some blowback on that on at least my Twitter timeline throughout the day. But did you guys see like Sean Waltman uh, tweet after the show? He was like, you know, he's like, I watched that bump Cassidy took. And it reminded me of this bump I took in a house show match against Ahmed Johnson. And somebody mm. found it and sent it to him. And because uh, Waltman was like, you know, no offense. He's like, I think this bump was crazier. He's like, I remember my foot hitting the turnbuckle. He and WWE a bigger ring. And then they showed the video and Waltman was like, yeah, I guess it turns out it wasn't a bigger bump. And my foot just kind of hit the rope and it was almost across the ring. But that's crazy that somebody like found that. Mm. And then
0: oh, I didn't see that, that, that and might I be mean, the only good thing about the Internet. Yeah. And, and
1: <laughs> it's also crazy that Sean Waltman remembered something that happened in 1995. Oh, that's
2: true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> More impressive. Yes.
1: Love Waltman. You know, there's talk that he wants to work. Again, AEW should absolutely have him work against Sammy Guevara.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, very nice.
1: Absolutely. But um, so we should talk about this, Keith Lee. Like in this, was he too heavy? Hmm. Both Meltzer and Keller made a point to say that. And first off, this guy has been pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. Recently, mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget about that. He's pretty sick, so he hasn't been able to do any training. Um is that how you want him to work,
0: like a more traditional big man? Let's throw that around the horn. For number definitely on the debut, mm. where I mean, like there's no reason for him to have a big competitive match. And with the way this roster is as far as body types, I mean I don't know why you wouldn't have him play the role of the big man. Uh, they're kind of in desperate need of it. Was that look towards me, Kyle? No.
1: Oh, the old Kyle weird faces. Struck again.
0: No. <laughs> no, he's just
2: seeing his daughter vomiting over in the corner. No, again. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a <laughs> puke.
1: No, no I, I agreed with everything you said for the record. I'm, I apologize for that face.
2: <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say the same thing, too. I, I think it depends on the opponent. obviously. I think with this kind of dynamic with Cassidy, absolutely. You want to see him working strong, throwing dudes all over the Mm -hmm. place. It's it's what makes him unique. Um, I think his body type is what makes him unique, too, and I think probably this might be Road. You're going to go down with that, too, but I thought those criticisms were completely unfounded.
1: Yeah, I just think that, you know, I think there's maybe a segment of the wrestling fan base that is like, oh, you know, and, and first of all, you know, he does need, just like everybody, needs to watch his weight. It's not good for his knees and his back mm-hmm. if he puts on too much weight. But I think, you know, the Keith Lee that we saw in the Indies maybe four or five years ago, you know, he's 37. That was four or five years ago. That's a long time. And yep. he probably shouldn't be working like that. He should be working. You know, to me, Keith Lee's role in AEW, and we're probably going to talk about this a lot, is – um the role that Braun Strowman should have been in, in WWE, the old Andre the Giant role, yeah. the special attraction. He should be the buddy of the top baby face. Like, he should be a guy who, if Hangman Page needs somebody, he could do a tag team main event with him on TV. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just think that, like, to me, Lee's size is kind of the attraction. Again, he doesn't want to get too big, but I I, didn't, I don't get the sense that he was too big at all.
0: Mm-mm. No, I mean, no. I'd, I'd have to look at pictures from him when he showed up in NXT, but I, I thought he looked great. Yeah. And, you know, as as Ryan said, I don't know why you want to make him look like everybody else
2: isn't that supposed to be attraction to pro wrestling? Like historically is, is, you know, the different body types, you know, and he, he looks like a guy you wouldn't see every day on the street, you know, that is that athletic anyways. And so I think it's exactly what, what makes him so impressive is he's, he's that athletic yet. He's that big that this is why people want to see him, you know, this is why he'll be a draw for this promotion. If they, if they continue to book him, you know, in a, in a good way and better and, than WWE
1: did. Yeah. And obviously you can't, you know, do that match last night every week or every other week for, like, a year. You know, you do have to evolve. But the key with AEW, and we mentioned this, all three of us, during the watch-along last night, AEW has a lot more guys on its roster that are conducive to doing that kind of style of match that's going to get Keith Lee over. They have a ton yeah. of guys who, you know, sorry, gang, just, you know, suck it up, and you're you're, you're looking at the lights tonight against Keith Lee. Whereas... Mm-hmm. You, you can tell, and that's the issue with main, main roster WWE. No one's going to want to do that. Yeah. So uh, let me, our, ch- our chat room, by the way, it's was... It's blowing
2: up. I'm trying to it, keep up with all these comments, but, but, which is a good but, problem to have. But,
1: but it, it is very similar to my Twitter timeline all day, which was extraordinarily negative about uh, towards Dave and Wade's comments. And I like I David think, Wade, for the record. I, so. I, I, I found, you know, we're going to talk about this at the tail end of the show, the Elimination Chamber stuff, and I, I got a show in the works. I, I, I found a tremendous Wade Keller joke from 2008 that I'm going to use, for the record. Maybe one of the best jokes ever written in a wrestling newsletter. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just thought, I, I just thought like, so, you look at that debut and to, like, have that take, it was just off base.
0: So I, I missed it. Did they... St- give any reasons other than he just looks too heavy i mean was that basically the gist of it
1: here let let, let me try to find the the take here
0: let me see who
2: who kind of wrecked it i mean i I like both of them a lot too obviously dave and wade i've written for both of them wade most recently but they're both great guys uh two of the smartest minds in wrestling which is in the wrestling media which makes it so surprising they would have that take because as i watched that I can't believe anyone would have anything negative say about that segment and that match. It especially those guys. You know, there's often this criticism with wrestling fans that they can never be satisfied and they want to nitpick everything. That's how that comes off to me. And you wouldn't expect that from those two. You know, that you would think that they would recognize a great segment for what it was rather than, you know, body shaming or, or critiquing something that didn't warrant really any critiquing, I don't think. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so I'm gonna read verbatim what Wade wrote, so the debut encapsulated why WWE grew frustrated with Lee and cut him, but also why it was so difficult for them to do so and why they gave him so many chances. He's so talented and so charismatic and has an undeniable connection with fans and is athletically gifted. He's also carrying way, way more weight than he ought to for what he's known for, and it affects his cardio and his agility, which is what made him so special and gain acclaim early on the indie scene and stand out in NXT. I'm not sure I agree with that at all. If he doesn't switch to treating his body like a serious professional athlete ought to, I think AEW is going to grow frustrated with them, as those rooting for him in WWE did over time. Private Party had to create all the movement in that match, and they bumped like crazy to make Lee look as good as possible. End quote.
2: Is that not how every big man versus smaller man in the history of professional wrestling is? The smaller guy makes him look
1: good. Yes, thank you. And (laughs) you know, this is to me as I thought about this. You know, I I I think there's some people that might be in denial what a lot of wrestling fans want, and we talked about different and unique. You know, the in, in our own facebook group there are a lot of people saying what is this undisputed era bring to the table AEW's already got a bunch of people like that keith lee definitely brings something unique to the table and the key is okay yeah any little guy can take a huge bump like that right mm-hmm. the key with keith lee is it looks very believable like if cassidy took that same bump from a guy wait it would just look fun marco stunt Yeah, I mean, yeah. But by the way, how great great would it be if Keith Lee chucked Marco's um.
2: Into the 10th row.
1: Yeah, I I just, (laughs) like, to me, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, Private Party was creating the movement, but I think people want what Keith Lee is bringing to the table, which is just being a big dude who chucks guys around.
0: I would just like, even going back to his WWE days, you know, Wade talking about how the people backstage were frustrated with his weight. It's like, what fan was looking at him being like, nope, don't believe it. It's not for me.
1: He, yeah. he got
0: the, the two most impressive
1: things he did in WWE, Keith Lee, is getting over at Survivor Series and the Rumble with no main roster TV, basically. Mm-hmm. Remember, I mean, people just yeah. react. When he, remember Lesnar
0: yep. when Keith Lee came out? <laughs> oh, that's a hear, big boy.
1: Yes. Yep. This yep. guy came out and was just naturally over. People just looked at him and said, oh, my God, I'm into this. They didn't say, oh, you know what? I think I think he needs to lose weight. His cardio <laughs> was his could be a double. Nobody yeah. said that. <laughs> and, yes, again, he can't, like, balloon up. You know, we don't want him to, you know, but – just imagine, uh,
2: same, say, just imagine saying that. The reason he didn't get over in WWE is he was too big.
1: That's yeah. That's lunacy. <laughs> that's just ludicrous Like, what chances did he get in WWE? By the way, yes, he was given like the two chances he was given with no build whatsoever. He got over. Yeah. And there was no follow up. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. Like it was his weight. It was stupidity that didn't get him over in WWE. Stupidity. By the people in charge.
2: Let me ask you this question. So I saw this going around on Twitter today, and I, I had a talk with one of my good friends about this question. So someone had put out there, and we might get some differing takes on this, oh. that someone had put out on Twitter that Keith Lee was already more over in AEW
0: than he ever was with WWE. Uh,
2: what do you think of that take?
0: Uh, I don't, I don't not so much. I, you don't want to judge that off of a debut. Right. At all, I mean, I'd say, I mean, the apex of his WWE slash AW career was Royal Rumble by quite a bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that was
1: honestly probably more impressive than last night because he was doing it with Brock Lesnar. Lesnar sold for him, so yeah, yeah, I think that's that's way suited judging. You know, let's let's turn the corner. Somebody that anybody, everybody should be able to dump on this fucking Mark Madden. (laughs) okay mark i'm sorry that like you got a podcast with the greatest professional wrestler of all time who should probably have a million awesome stories to tell and your podcast gained no traction okay i'm sorry about that by the way ryan it's my understanding that um the top tier patrons of for us top rope nation if you choose to go to that level you could get some podcast training from yourself Correct, that's correct. Okay, maybe Maybe Mark Mark, Madden should maybe Mark Madden should be a a, a Hall of Fame patron of Top Pro Nation and and, and get some lessons from Ryan Trosty because this guy is an ass. Okay, (laughs) Uh, now to clue, bring everyone up to speed and clue everyone in, he's like he's JYD light. Okay, first of all, Keith Lee is not the same style of performers, JYD, they basically have one thing in common. Mm. I think we all know what that
0: is.
1: (laughs) And, um, imagine also, uh, being compared to J what comparing someone to JYD and thinking that's an insult. The (laughs) junkyard, the junkyard dogs run in mid South is more impressive than like all, but like 10 runs any wrestlers ever had in the same, in the history of this business so i mean that was just idiotic i mean you know dave wade i didn't agree with them i respect them mark madden okay you know i mean his comments would be like if i you know saw him doing commentary on nitro and said oh he's yokozuna (laughs) light
2: uh yeah adam in the chat this is this is mark madden that was in wcw correct that is so bad. You're doing a podcast with not only one of the biggest names in the history of pro wrestling, but also one of the greatest talkers in the history of pro wrestling, and nobody talks about your show. No. <laughs> what does that say? And wow. yeah,
1: m- m- yeah, he's just been just desperate for attention, I don't know. It's not it's not as pathetic as Bischoff going on Sean Ross Sap yesterday for the ratings talk. By the way, yeah. I we've been critical of people in the re- uh um, Some people in the wrestling media uh, on this program so far. I'd like to 100% throw my support behind Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. He's been dealing uh, with some of the real jack offs of this uh, business. Uh, And I use that, you know, Bischoff, I mentioned, and then, you know, not someone who's in the business, but is on Twitter, unfortunately, you know, that the hideous junkie. Who mm-hmm. I, 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 I have that. called for multiple times. Uh, there should be a cyberbullying campaign to get him off Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: don't know how he does. I mean, he he typically makes these people look like fools. But if you ever check the replies to Sean on Twitter, it is insane the stuff people say to him. And I've I've gotten some of that before, like to one percent of the level that he does, and I get hot. So I don't know how he does it. So props for sure. But yeah, he mm-hmm. he pretty much put him at, that user in his place. So yeah, <laughs> agree.
1: But, uh, I mean, as far as so died about we uh, we liked Keith Lee. What a what, Jay White that was an odd debut. Yeah,
2: because yeah. there wasn't much to it, Justin.
0: Well, in I liked the like the immediate introduction of you just see the back of the leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool, and then it was yeah, it was just all downhill from there. Where you don't see his face until the last second when he just cracks some joke about an earring, and then he's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, a very odd introduction. So did you see
1: Tony Khan say, well, I feel I misused the term forbidden door. So I went out and I got Jay White. Mm -hmm. Do we think Jay White? I mean, he's going to be on Rampage, right? They said that. I heard that correctly. Yes. 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 Okay. Do we think that his it it might just be for that and he's not going to be like anything long term?
2: I do mean, think he'll be around, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, if, if Not only weekly maybe, for, maybe a, but, Yeah, he'll make a few appearances, but I don't okay. think it'll be anything of significance. Okay.
1: Um, what do you guys think about Tony and so many other people treating this forbidden door? Mick,
0: almost.
2: Hmm? You cut out for me. I didn't hear all that. Yeah,
0: well, what was it?
2: Oh, no, there's vom- there's vomit on his cables. Oh, <laughs> there's God. vomit on his cables. No, I don't know. I don't there's know what he said.
0: Black ooze coming from his new haircut.
2: <laughs> Kyle will be back in here here in just a second. No, I see Ryan in the chat. It felt like we have no idea how long you'll be here, so just go jump in. <laughs> yeah, Pretty much. I thought it was a nice surprise. I think that um, I saw Keith Lee and Switchblade thrown out early in the day on Twitter. Um, Fightful Select, you know, props to them again. Sean Sight they had a report out in the afternoon that Keith Lee was basically for sure coming in, but he couldn't he couldn't uh, confirm whether it was for Dynamite. But I think a lot of people were expecting him to be on Dynamite. And so Keith, I mean, still got that massive pop. It was awesome. Uh, Jay White, I wasn't expect, expecting as much. I thought it was really cool to see him. I think mm-hmm. he'll be around for a little while. I don't think long-term every week or anything like that. So... Yeah, let's see. Ryan says maybe the shuffle broke. <laughs> I,
0: I I hope Kyle gets back here because I, I, I liked where I think he was going with that question about uh how everybody interprets the use of forbidden door is what I'm assuming he's getting at as far as like, because I think he brought in Jay White because forbidden door earlier meant somebody who is with. Another company signed with another company, not some free agent that was Correct. Just coming in. And so, if you go by that, we still didn't get that in this episode because he had said they're going to walk through the forbidden door and he's going to slam it shut. Well, I mean, Jay White is still going to be going to work with New Japan and Impact. And yeah, I mean, Keith Lee was a free agent. So, I am not one of those people who's going to get worked up about the usage of forbidden door. I just like seeing new wrestlers pop up on shows every once in a while. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a, it was a cool kind of phrase when they first started using it, but I think it's overused now. I think you should drop it. (laughs) You know, and I can see, yeah. When you, you start trying to say, what does forbidden door really mean? And yeah, to me it is you're in another promotion. You come over, you're working interpromotional stuff, which, you know, again, I guess Jay white does qualify for that. And I saw in the chat, um, for people who aren't familiar with Jay White, you know, what can you say? He's been the leader of the bullet club, uh, IWGP heavyweight champion, IWGP intercontinental champion in new Japan. Um, basically after, after most of the guys that were in new Japan with the bullet club started AEW, uh, Jay White kind of picked it up over there, uh, as the top guy with the bullet club. So yeah, he, he's, he's risen to st- risen to stardom, you know, after the exit of, Omega, for example. So there you are, Kyle. You're back.
1: Is that what the internet does to me? I say one slightly negative thing about AEW. They cut me off.
2: <laughs> Get this. Tony Khan has all power, man. Wow. All power.
1: So what, what were missed. you saying? I forget. I don't know. Well, Something about um, I,
0: I brought it up because I, I liked where I thought you were going was how everybody interprets the usage of uh, mm. Tony's whole forbidden door thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I... I thought it had sort of morphed this at this point into like a gimmick where the Forbidden Door, it didn't, it wasn't literal. It was just like somebody's debuting. Like that's the way I take the Forbidden Door. I don't take it as like, oh my God, it's this like previously like unthinkable, unconceivable debut is about to happen. I just think, I, I just thought like Forbidden Door is almost like a gimmick in AEW.
0: That's uh, how it should be looking at now. And- yeah. While you're away, what I brought up was that when it was initially brought up, it was all about people from other companies working together. That's what the whole yes. forbidden door was with the Good Brothers and Omega going to Impact. Um, but I'm I'm totally fine with it, just meaning basically somebody new coming in. Yeah, I am. Like you too. said it's just it's just a gimmick now.
2: Yeah, agree. So, yeah, Jay White. Kyle, you uh so last night when Jay White was on there, there was some comments in our in our playback watch along, cause several years ago you weren't the biggest fan of Jay White, but look, this guy has improved significantly since then. So do you want to give your updated take on Jay White?
1: Yeah, he has improved. And um it'll be interesting to see just how much he does with AEW. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I don't I'm not convinced that he's like some permanent fixture there at all. I I, I don't like Tony almost made it sound like, yeah, I just I screwed up, didn't want to let the fans down with the forbidden door term, so I went out and got somebody to appear on the show that hit it, and he's going to be there, you know, because they taped Rampage the same night, so we'll see with that. Um, It was just, it was so, like, in a show that was just really hot, it was, you know, the fact that Jay White was on seemed, you know, kind of down the list of talking points on Dynamite, and that probably should have been the case.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, a loaded show. We got those debuts, we got Two really good matches. Yes. You know, we got the, the tag match with CM Punk tagging up with John Moxley against FTR. And we were saying, as we were watching it live, like, imagine just a couple of years ago thinking, hey, we're going to see the Revival wrestle Punk and Ambrose. <laughs> Never, you know, in a million years. It made it so cool. And that was a, a fantastic match. And then as the event went on, we're talking like, oh, we still have that big world title main event to come. And they've barely promoted it at all. And that was one of the qualms we had with the show as it was ongoing because they didn't really have any hype videos or anything to get you ready for. That was just kind of there in the main event slot. But holy hell, Kyle, once they got to the match, more than delivered, my friend.
0: Well, can I jump in real quick? Sure. This is exactly why we've said numerous times where we're going to give Tony the benefit of the doubt when it comes to certain kind of bookings because – I think all three of us, when when it started looking like it was going to be this Hangman Lance Archer feud, we were pretty low on it, um, yeah. mainly because we thought that's what the direction for Revolution was going to be. But holy shit, this ended up being freaking perfect for Hangman and Lance. Mm-hmm. Whatever
1: Hangman bleeds, I start cheering for him more. <laughs> <laughs> like How I mean, I mean he shouldn't bleed in every title match, but. He should probably bleed in most of them, <laughs> I think. And, you- and to to justice, what we need to see more Hangman Page. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about during the Watch Log since that title win. I don't know if Tony's playing a long game with it. He doesn't want to like go too heavy and burn people out on what he wants to be a long term babyface champion. But it just doesn't feel like he's the centerpiece of the show slash promotion like he should yet. And that's not his fault. We all talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, we talked about this, Ryan, you and I, on last week's flagship.
2: Yeah. No, like of the of the AEW world champions so far, he has, at least on the weekly shows, been positioned lower than all of them, I think. I, he hasn't felt as important since winning the title. He's had some big matches. But when you look oh, at yeah. Jericho and you look at Moxley and, of course, Omega, they felt like more of a integral part of the show, I think. Yeah.
1: I mean, he had two classic matches, obviously against Brian Danielson, yeah. but it's sort yeah. of like those Everything happen. Yeah, it's, it's it's the in between. It's like they happen, and then he's not. But when they're not happening, he's not really doing anything. No, no hype videos, no other people talking about it. It's yeah, it's very different than what we kind of grew up um, expecting a transcendent babyface champion to be, or at least someone you wanted to be a transcendent babyface mm-hmm. champion.
0: While we're here, real quick, it, just to plug our watch-along and that people really need to come join us when we watch Dynamite together. And It'll be hard to duplicate, but the sound that Kyle made when Hangman hit that that clothesline to finish the match was just amazing. <laughs> that, that buckshot lariat off the referee, that, that was incredible.
1: Oh, I loved it. I mean, yeah, because we, we were all joking when Lambert took the ropes out. We're like, well, how is he going to do the buckshot lariat now? And he did. That was great. Um,
2: Yeah, if you guys, real quick, if you guys are confused when we're talking about playback and you don't know what the hell we're talking about, it is an app that is similar to Twitch. So, you know, if you go on Twitch, you watch people play video games, you see the game, and then their face is, like, down in the corner, superimposed, talking over it. It is like that with live sports. The only way you can, it's in beta mode right now, so the only way you can watch along, we can't send out the link, like, on Twitter publicly, but we can post it in our closed-off Facebook group. So we always promote it. But you have to get either in the Facebook group that's in the the link is here in the description or on our Patreon page. And then you can access the room and you can literally watch the TBS stream of Dynamite in this room with us. We're superimposed over the video. It's so much fun. There's a chat room. Everyone gets involved. We'll be doing it again next Wednesday night. Join us. Go ahead, Kyle.
1: No, I think that's pretty much uh, oh, okay. uh, that's, uh I was gonna like go to a different place. I, I was gonna yeah, say no, the only yeah, other go ahead. the, the- only other negative I had was that Jade AQ uh AQA that mishap they had towards the finish. I don't know what that was. I thought Jade still came across as a star in the end, but mm-hmm. that was uh, that, that was a, a curious thing to see on national television.
0: I thought you were gonna go to the five star makeout session that we got to start oh, okay. the show. <laughs> What it's a beauty this
1: MJF is. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess, by the way, that they are going to Cole and Hangman, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, that was
0: something. Um, they, they, Tony's got some work to do there, because as you've mentioned before, Cole doesn't feel like a AEW main event yet.
1: Yeah, and I got to say, I know that it doesn't count because it was a lights-out match. If WWE did something like that, where a pay-per-view title contender lost on the way to the, we would criticize it. And I'm not sure I see why you would do that quite frankly.
2: Well, I mean, they teased MJF in the opening segment of the show Mm -hmm. that he wanted a world title shot and Mm -hmm. he feels more natural to me. I mean that the week after full gear, that was my prediction that they would go in that direction. And, I know, you know, like they got the ranking systems and everything, but uh, yeah, I mean, MJF, to me, he feels like he should be getting the shot. It makes yeah. sense. He'll face dynamic. You know, I think I, the only other thing is that if you don't want him to lose and you want mm-hmm. you know, Hangman to keep on, it makes you have a little difficult situation there. If you want a, a clean finish on your pay-per-view, your quarterly pay-per-view, but he seems to be the logical, you know, contender.
1: I agree, but we sort of were talk about that last week where I just don't think yeah. they want to, but I mean, if MJF loses to Punk, he's losing. Still, I mean, unless if he's—I mean—are they going to have
0: MJF beat Punk again? I think, yeah, I think that would be the logical step to get to him being the number one contender. I, I don't think anybody truly loses in that scenario. MJF getting two out of three.
1: Oh, so you think like they'll do like a three match series? MJF, yeah, Punk? okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which
0: you know, I I like. I mean, like I said, I don't feel like Cole is there for the main event yet. I I just don't know what their other options were. I don't think there's any chance Cole gets the title. Hangman is due for a long run. Um, I think our next AW champion is probably going to be MJF, Punk, or Danielson. Maybe Keith Lee.
2: Yeah.
1: I I think they've got MJF earmarked for it. Now, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, they also keep teasing that 2024 thing. That's going to be turned into a storyline. When the, I mean, obviously, that's two years from now, so
0: it's wait, what's the 2024? You know how contract. he keeps talking
1: his contract years, oh, gotcha, gotcha, and he's gotcha. like, I'm gonna be the hottest free agent in 2024. They're gonna turn that into a storyline for sure. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? The obvious I, I don't know if we want to put a bow on dynamite and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the obvious declarative statement I have yet to hear about last night or read on Twitter dynamite was better than the Royal Rumble.
2: Oh yeah, we said that on on playback. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, but like, think about that though. Well, let's let's take a step back and analyze that statement. The Royal Rumble is like the WWE's second biggest pay per view of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what would you rather watch? The two hours of television from last night, and, and again, it's maybe it's apples to oranges because you know pay per view versus a TV show. But you know, it had a lot of talking in the first half last night, but it was good talking. I yep. thought, you know, when people are like, I don't like talking on my wrestling show. What are you talking about? Okay, <laughs> in, in that in, in the, you know, the Crockett era TV shows, okay, in primetime wrestling, I, you'd fast forward the squash matches and you, you'd want to listen to the promos uh, from the greats like Flair and Dusty or you, you'd want to listen to Gorilla and Bobby do their shtick in between those hideous <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp matches from MSG they were showing on <laughs> prime time. So, like, it, you don't want to hear bad talking is what you think. And I agree with that. You don't want to hear 20-minute promos of, I am the game. You know, you don't want to hear that. But good talking is good. And I thought the yeah. first hour flew by. So, and the, I mean, those two coma-inducing rumble matches? Mm. That's two hours right there. Who would want to yeah. watch that versus last night's show or a well, rain... A Reigns-Rollins match with a non-finish that's not leading anywhere? A Lashley-Lesnar match that where the outcome is almost certainly going to be undone nine days from now? Mm-hmm. Fucking dewdrop, <laughs> <laughs> That dud of a match?
0: So the, yeah. the flaw in your argument is that, as we've stated, this was probably the best Dynamite in months, maybe going back to September, uh, definitely December. I would rather take any average dynamite show that we've had for the past three months over what the WWE has been delivering.
1: Yeah, can't, that's probably true. Argue. Yeah, I mean, especially the Royal Rumble, which was like, even by the WWE's sorry standard, a bad show. Like, I mean, does do any of us think that at the end of the year, and Lord knows we've got a long time to go, that the 2022 Royal Rumble won't be receiving votes for worst major show? <laughs> I mean, that show, so <laughs> yeah. fu- that show reeked, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it was, it, I said it at the time, it was the lowest scores we've ever had from our uh, followers on Twitter, on the poll. In any pay-per-view ever in the last several years. I mean, very bad, very bad stuff. And yeah, for the second biggest show of the year for the WWE, you know, we've been critical on on Dynamite. Yeah, it's up and down, but like even the weeks where it's down, it's still more entertaining. They can't have a show like they had this week every single week. But what they do good is they build to these shows. They make you want to tune in. Not just for one reason, you know, for multiple reasons. And WWE rarely does that for their television. They might give you one thing to tune into, but they don't build these shows at all. They just expect you to tune in out of routine. And that's the biggest problem with that company right now. It's it's They expect you to tune in. They do nothing to garner your interest. They're relying solely on the routine of longtime viewers. Many of whom, like ourselves, do not tune in live anymore. (laughs) You know no after the fact catch the highlights kind of thing
1: wWE television has stunk for like 20 years
2: <laughs> they just take they just take their fan base I mean, completely yeah, for you know, granted yeah completely I mean, for granted it started with the end of WCW if you like wrestling and you wanted to watch a national promotion that was basically your only thing to watch and they got so lazy over the last couple of decades and you know yeah they I think they do view AEW somewhat as competition, but not—I mean, not to their level—and they're
0: still lazy, you know. I'll tell you—I'll so. tell you what—it's going to get real interesting when they run out of their nostalgia acts to throw out there because it's—it's coming and it's coming quick. Yeah, I mean, can mm-hmm. you sign Goldberg to another deal? Ugh. Oh
1: God! I mean, I mean, I know you guys don't like Bill, but like, just like physically, like, I, I mean, I think it—it's hurting them a lot to just. Do these matches? Like, he does I mean, nothing
2: he, to warrant the matches. Does he make I, sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know you don't like the guy. Okay, no, it's not he, because I, I don't I,
2: like. him. I'm talking I, you know, about just he's how he's a... lost matches, how he's lost matches yeah. over well, no, the last I mean, couple it, of years.
1: It, it, it is your okay to your point. Maybe this is where you're going. It's kind of preposterous how he just randomly pops up when like a one-off title match is needed. He's That's like, "What I
2: mean, you're
1: next," and it's like he okay, doesn't warrant the title shot. I guess he's <laughs> next. Okay, well, he did beat Lashley. Well, shoot, are we going to talk about something before? Because I was going to say this would be like a decent transition to the Big E thing, but um, I'm ready. Are we going to talk about Tony Khan not running for Congress first?
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, if you are concerned that Tony Khan might be distracted in the coming months, there was a false report circulating on Twitter. I mean, all the major websites picked it up because Pro Football Talk put it out um, that Tony Khan was going to be running for Congress, and it was fake someone apparently filed fake paperwork last september for a candidacy for the united states house of representatives in florida and so if you're watching the video stream here uh, unfortunately we're gonna have to wait on seeing this this is not going to happen (laughs) speaker tony khan anytime soon um tony emphatically shut down those rumors on twitter today
1: uh, yes, with a uh, Tommy Rich Eddie Gilbert reference, by the way, sending Mike Florio into a tizzy on YouTube, I'm sure. What's he talking uh, about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, my favorite tweet on this situation, uh, this was great. This is uh, at Aaron like the car uh, tweeted this attack ad voice. Can you trust a man who won't tell Cody Rhodes no to stand up for you in Washington?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can just imagine the super packs forming now.
1: I uh, know. Oh God! Uh, can you imagine? Do you WWE? really want
2: this American nightmare?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even understand what the forbidden door is. <laughs>
2: oh man, that's bad. All right, let's let's go transition to this this new topic. You had Kyle on the show notes.
1: So Big E. So uh we talked about Wade Keller earlier. Wade Keller had a report and it kind of mirrors some things we've been talking about here at Top Rope Nation uh for oh, I don't know, a month or so ago. Uh you know, ever since he lost the title, maybe even like into his the end of his title run. Uh Wade Keller about Big E quote, I've asked a lot and his people who are really upset, you know, with the rug being pulled out from under him. One person just described him as a magnificent human being who doesn't deserve this treatment, end quote. Gang, I, just if you're still on the fence about this, I, I had talked about this, my goodness, uh, a month or so ago in Top Rope Nation Extra. People could check, the if you're a patron, you could check the archives there. Big Biggie's goose is cooked in terms of being a main eventer in this promotion. Um, it, it's, it's quite sad, but if you know the effort That it took just to get him like that one shitty title run. (laughs) Like you'd be astounded. It's Vince. Vince just he doesn't like him as a performer. And, you know, I mean, having him move back to SmackDown and just being in a tag team. I mean, that tells you all you need to know, man.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, we've been very critical of how that title reign ended. How they didn't protect him whatsoever. They gave him no chance, you know, moving forward, Uh, really, as far as how WWE operates. And it's so mind blowing when you look at this company who rarely has these feel good moments where the crowd just eats it up. Like they hardly ever have those moments anymore. And they totally had it with Big E. Like you'd have to be completely insane to have not followed, you know, like the social media discussion that happened the night he won the title and how. Like, universally, across the industry, people were praising that. You know, like, so much good publicity. Very very much in the same way as when Kofi Kingston won the title. You know, on how deserving of it he was. And we saw what happened to Kofi Kingston. And here we have another New Day uh, member. Same thing. He's going to lose the title and go right back to where he was. They don't create new stars. It's the same old, same old.
0: Yep, they did nothing on television to make him look or feel... Like a true world champion, while outside of the ring, he was doing everything that made him look like a true world champion.
2: Yep. Yeah, perfectly said.
0: Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, the the comment was,
1: "Why would you beat him at day one?" Well, I'll tell you why they beat him like that is because they just don't want him in the main event picture anymore. That's why. Like, it's like, why would you beat the champion in a five way? You could do rematches. Well, not if you don't want to do rematches. You're not Which is it.
2: asinine because they have no yeah. main eventers. It's so just the same thing and over, it, and, over and, and
1: over and and I just I I have a sneaking suspicion that it might even get e- even more dire on top, man. I just I just have a sneaking suspicion about that. What do you mean? I just think that they're gonna they don't have any more main eventers coming. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like who's who's gonna be a main eventer on the pike? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's weird. I mean, you, you know, you know what I was thinking the other day. Actually, because it was funny. Remember, we talked about last week, Ryan, how odd it was, the timing of Fox really wanting Rousey. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they have so, like they should be thrilled with the star power they get relative to USA and Raw. What are you doing with Roman Reigns and Lesnar after WrestleMania? You can't just keep doing that match. And if they're going their separate ways, who, Who is, like, how are you going to have them? Who's going to be feuding with them? You have to come up with two people worthy of feuding with them.
2: And herein lies the problem with the brand split.
1: And, and, and I mean, and, and like, whoever loses, like, what do you do? Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Something's rotten in Denmark there, I think. Yeah. That's all I think. I don't know. Hmm.
2: Do you think that... I don't know what the status of his contract is right now, but do you think the the victory with Big E had anything to do with the morale backstage, specifically with him and another New Day member before that happened? I think you, you brought this up on on oh, Extra oh, months oh, oh, big, ago.
1: Yeah, Big E. So yeah. I think Big E's... Yeah, it was it was just a ma- it was a matter of convenience in the sense that uh look at the timeline, what happened after it. So they were, you know, they had that Lashley Goldberg program going. And classic wrestling storytelling, even for this freaking company, says the babyface has to get revenge. If the heel beats up your kid, you can't not get revenge. You look like an idiot if you don't. Mm-hmm. So Big E beating Lashley when he did allowed Goldberg to beat Lashley in Saudi Arabia, and it also then had Lashley avoid taking the fall in that dumb champion versus champions gimmick they do with Reigns. They're like, oh, well, we'll give it to Big E. It'll be a field – because didn't they draw like a record low rating, to the previous week? It was something real Sounds bad. Right. And they yeah. they started pulling all the guts, and they're like, all right, well, Big e's just going to announce he's cashing in tonight. I, I'm almost positive that's what happened. And so it was just like a, it's like, all right, well, we'll get people interested for this one week and we'll just do a better rating and that's okay. And then Lashley can lose to Goldberg and that's okay, but it won't, we don't have to put the title on Bill. And then Big E can just whatever, we'll just do whatever with them. People will be happy, but we don't have to try to book them. And he can lose to Reigns at Survivor Series. And then after that, we'll just figure out a way to get the title off Reigns or pardon me, off Big E.
2: Yeah. I, I think I think on extra a couple of months ago you had hinted at something so that was going on behind the scenes with Biggie. He was unhappy with WWE.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, I mean, well, at this point, I mean, my God, would anyone expect anyone from New Day to resign when their deals are up? I mean, <laughs> Co- I think they're, Co- I, I think for sure. You think? Co- well, yeah, I mean, I guess
0: he's. I yeah. think he's a lifer. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. he's. I mean, and, and at his age, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's the thing with Owens and Zayn. People needed to realize. I think they probably looked into their souls and realized, you know what? We're not maybe capable of giving the kind of matches that we would want to or people expect from us in AEW. So yeah. we're just, you know, we're getting these big paydays. It's at the end of our runs. Let's just take this. And, and, and I'm not going to fault them for that. So you, you're mm-hmm. right. Kofi may just, but man, I, I I, I mean, if I was like Big E or Xavier, why would you
0: resign? Yeah, that's that's what the entire reign felt like me was their Really lame attempt at trying to be like, Hey, we gave you the title, you should stick with stay us. Stay here, yeah. You're but I mean, I'll stay, yeah. No.
1: But I mean, it sounds, you know, from what Wade is hearing, and you know, like what I think any reasonable person could deduce that was ineffective by the WWE. I mean, if the WWE thinks that that title run would convince
0: Big E that WWE is the place for him, it's just come on, man. <laughs> Not only that, yeah. but like, even if you look at it as in, like, they did it as a morale booster for the entire roster. It's like, what are they showing everybody? You know, it was basically the same thing as Kofi Kingston. It's like, hey, maybe if you get lucky, if the opportunity presents itself, we'll give you the title. It'll be a meaningless run. And then when we need some nostalgia act to take the title from you, we'll just do it in 10 seconds or in a, in, in a way that just makes you look like nothing, inconsequential.
2: Yeah. So next week, our plan on the show, and we're going to transition this to our final topic of the night, is we're not going to have a flagship Friday because we're going to be recording on Saturday after Elimination Chamber. So we'll be hitting your feeds a day later next week because we're going to watch the show in Saudi Arabia on Saturday. We're going to do a post show that'll stream live to all the video outlets as always and then hit the podcast feeds immediately after that. So we've got Elimination Chamber next week uh, in just over seven days. Still called Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, evidently, after they toyed with a name change. we've No got escape
1: a, in Germany, though.
2: No escape in Germany. Um, we've got a mystery woman in the Elimination Chamber match, unless they decide to give it away on Raw, because, you know, this is WWE. Who knows? But as of now, we've got a mystery woman in the Elimination Chamber, guys. Any predictions on who that will be in the women's elimination chamber match?
0: Uh, Justin? Uh, don't know, don't care.
1: <laughs> I, I, I did like how uh, Rover tweeted that the original silhouette they showed in the graphic made it look like it was Linda McMahon.
2: <laughs> Dude, I would be hyped for that. There you go.
1: Imagine, imagine it's time for that last pod to be released in here. Do 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 do. Remember when she was using like that, yeah, like lame WrestleMania, WrestleMania theme. era theme? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. But real quick, uh, to, the reason why I, I don't really care is because Bianca Belair should win to take the title from Becky at WrestleMania, and so to me, the surprise is inconsequential. And if this surprise ends up winning and Bianca ends up getting buried further down the card. It just sucks. It's par for the course for that company.
1: So there's three possible options. I think Oscar, who was not drafted in the last draft was Bailey drafted in the last draft. Ryan Drosty. Do you know that
2: answer? Mm, I do not know.
1: I actually don't know. Let's Google that right now. Shall we? How long has Oscar been out? By the way, my God, she's been gone forever. She yeah. lost the title to Rhea Ripley and I, I know she there was like a three-way with Charlotte too in a paper, but God, it feels like she's been out almost like a year.
2: Her last match. Let me see. I'll get the date on it for you exactly. Asuka's last match was on July eighteenth.
1: Oh. Money I'm in sure. the
2: bank. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. And then um Bailey is also a free agent. I just Googled that, so it could be her. Alexa, I see in the Uh, chat. I see Tim Jensen, our good friend, uh, texting Stable. (laughs) Look, Alexa, shut up. Okay? I hate when you do that. (laughs) Okay? You hear it Uh, in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Bliss. It could be bliss. Um, And then, yes, uh, my idea that I floated just as a half joke on Facebook was Lacey Evans, which I think is a reasonable option because they wanted her and to adjust it. If you want to, you know, Fall out of your chair. They wanted Lacey Evans in a title match last year at WrestleMania. Imagine <laughs> if she wins and like it's her and Beck as a baby face, her going against Becky over like who's the better mother.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
2: Um, I think Asuka's quite likely. I think if I was ranking them in order, I'd go Asuka number one. Um, and then number two. Maybe Sasha Banks?
1: No, no, they brought her back and she's spacked out. So I don't think it's good. Yeah,
2: her. but that doesn't mean anything in WWE. Yeah,
1: it's a good point. <laughs>
0: mean,
2: if they, they're doing Charlotte and Rousey, like we talked about, I pitched the idea of making that a triple threat, but if they don't do that. I mean, this I could see them screwing Bianca and then going with Sasha doing Sasha or, and Becky on Raw.
1: I, I could see them screwing Bianca in the chamber and, and trying to draw some heat. And seeing if, like, they can then do, mm-hmm. like, a three-way or something. What do you do with Bianca if she's not in the title match, though?
2: I know. NXT? It'd be terrible. It'd be absolutely terrible. I'm just... This is WWE we're talking about. I, I, I Asuka, honest, likely...
1: Are, I'm actively rooting for them to do something horrible. Just so <laughs> we can, Asuka's, like... Make, it makes for a better podcast here at Top see
2: <laughs> Asuka seems the most likely because she's been cleared. She's been out a long time. Everyone expected her at the Rumble. She wasn't there. I think she's pretty likely... And then you're looking at Sasha. I don't think Alexa Bliss is going to be in it because they're still running these vignettes that she filmed. I think that recently came out. She filmed nine of them. I don't see her coming back until those are done. I'll tell uh, you what. Lacey hey, Evans is possible. My, my, my sure.
1: question my question to you is, have they filmed a good one?
2: My God. I doubt it. I doubt I mean, it. Man. Those are brutal, man. Horrible. That Horrible.
1: therapist? I mean, talk about collecting a paycheck, man. I mean, this guy don't give a fuck. <laughs>
2: I d I don't think uh I don't know if Bailey is quite ready to come back yet or not. So if I was picking my top three, it'd be Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Lacey Evans. One of those three, I think. I mean, probably in that order, honestly. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, the thing, and the thing is, yeah.
1: surprises usually like, unless if you're right, they announce it. He is no Dr. Shelby, Brian Gorman. You're right. Um, but with like if they keep it a surprise until the show, all of a sudden the odds of the surprise winning I think go up. Right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's how they book, yeah. We make moments, pal.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> are, are we all expecting uh, Brock to win?
1: They make us out. I mean, again, that was another story that in that same Top Rope Nation Extra that I talked about way back when we're Big E, I said his goose was cooked. I said, it's on the table for yep. title unification. And, yeah, it was Haven pushing for it. Obviously, he's got a rooting interest in that scenario. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because you and I talked about this last week. Like, the other title match, I can just see Vince, you know, with Shane McMahon and his red face out the window. You know, I can see Vince just saying, well, ah, this other title match sucks. Let's <laughs> just put it, give him all the titles.
2: <laughs> Dude, And that Go ahead. And start. then
1: someone's like, and someone's probably like, well, how are we going to unify him, Vince? Ah, we'll figure it out.
2: As I look at this card, and we're talking about all these past champions, you know, that they kind of gave up on. Obviously, Kofi, Biggie, freaking McIntyre working Madcap Moss. I mean, I know he got a long run with the title, but it was all without the crowds there. Crowds come back. He's not as over as he was prior to the pandemic. I mean, look at how much his stock has fallen too.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I mean. I guess maybe you just heat him up for to be a challenger post Mania.
2: Yeah, uh, they they could definitely do it with him, but I mean, by the way, Jesus, Madcap Moss.
1: You know, you, you talk about this dire scene at the top of the card. You know, post Mania for WWE. You know, I saw Meltzer wrote in the Observer that the plan or not plan, but hope again we're pushing is. Rock against Reigns at WrestleMania in L.A. Is that like the WWE's like new, like what's the expression I'm looking for when they just, they they string you along like this might happen? The unicorn? Yeah, yeah. Like the magic unicorn. Like is that what it, oh, maybe next year at Mania, Rock will agree to do this. (laughs) Maybe his movie schedule will work. Are we convinced that like, Rock will ever. I mean, he got hurt the last time, and those directors were like really pissed off. I mean, I know it was some director makes a lot of sh- like, what was it? Like Ridley Scott. I mean, he makes shitty movies.
0: <laughs> no, but, it, it was less than that. It was for that horrible Hercules movie. Yeah, which I definitely right. made the mistake of watching. Oh my God, it yeah,
1: wasn't Hercules plus, like, Hernandez. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what do you think Rock's going to do too? Like, even if it's free on his schedule, like six months out or something. And this guy's like the highest-paid actor in Hollywood. What if some movie studio comes to him like, "Yeah, we're gonna offer you so and so many millions of dollars to do this movie," and the filming starts during WrestleMania? You think he's gonna take WrestleMania?
1: Yeah, he's like, I mean, come no, on, no, no, no Tinseltown. I gotta put over the big dog. <laughs> it's
2: gonna be hard to nail that one down anytime because he could get these movie offers six months out and and change the whole thing again. So,
1: yeah, I I don't think I think that's far from like a certain like people like oh it makes so much sense rock hollywood he'll do the L- i don't think that's sinks
2: <laughs> yeah no it ain't signed buddy it ain't signed right now pal it might be the working plan but plans change card subject to change
1: yeah i mean he might show up and if he's available and like you know shoot off one of those flamethrowers again but yeah
2: <laughs> um Kyle, so since we're running a little long here, I don't know how much in depth we're going to get to go into this conversation on the history of the Elimination Chamber. It's something that you have been working on pretty diligently in your free time. You've been been talking in the Facebook group about this. You have been watching all these old Elimination Chamber matches because you want to punish yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Your your basement has essentially become the Elimination Chamber as you've been it's getting it's ready.
1: Stewheart's dungeon, I think, is more <laughs> <Yeah>. like it. <laughs>
2: so maybe rather than us starting into this discussion now, because this was always going to be Top Rope Nation Extra on the Patreon page next week, I want you to pitch what you've been working on.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I've got a surprise that even you guys don't know about that was, I nailed down oh. uh, about 30 minutes before uh, we went on the air here uh, as, my, okay. as as Papa Shango was casting his spell on my daughter, I got something. So yes, top the next edition of Top Rope Nation Extra, I will be covering uh, the history of the Elimination Chamber match, and I will be joined by a special guest.
2: Oh, is, from across course, the pond?
1: Yes, it is, of course, Liam O'Rourke because yes. I wanted to record in the afternoon. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to record in the afternoon. And I was thinking to myself, okay, got to record in the afternoon. And who at the drop of a hat on like five days' notice would be like, hey, could you talk about like all the chamber matches by any chance? And he's like, so I, I was like, could you do this? And he's like, you know, some of the more recent ones, I don't really give a shit about. Them. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't either. I didn't even (laughs) bother rewatching those. But so Liam's going to join me and we're going to talk about the history of that match and, you know, just its different incarnations. Uh, Specifically, something I wanted to ask you guys about, and Liam and I are going to revisit this question as well, is the Elimination Chamber's inclusion on the road to WrestleMania. Do you like that? Or does it just sort of muddy the waters and sort of prevent you from promoting your wrestlemania main event you know when you want to like like you think about it, it's like oh well, we've got to do elimination Chamber, so we can't make the main event known now i think it's kind of become a detriment honestly on the road to wrestlemania
0: yeah i i certainly think they use it as a way to figure out what the hell they want to do at wrestlemania when they don't have a clue <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and not only that but like it just kind of weakens the importance of the Royal Rumble. It's like, yep. Yep. you know, one man gets a shot at the main event at WrestleMania, except for the six other dudes are going to get a shot at the main event at WrestleMania a mm-hmm. month later.
2: Yeah. I, I think it makes no sense to do it right after <laughs> the Royal Rumble, this premier match. It's all about WrestleMania. To me, I would move it to like early summer and have it have SummerSlam ramifications. That would make yeah. more sense rather than, <laughs> or- packing this all in right there
1: yeah and we'll go through some of the various faux pas that i think have hurt the match you know it, it's a match that my god like gets rated pretty highly by the tastemakers and i gotta say i haven't watched these they blend together yeah a lot yes. and yes. there's not a lot of standouts like it's funny like i was i brought the subject to you guys and you guys are like my god i can't think of like <laughs> many standout moments from the chamber I will reveal my Mount Rushmore of chamber matches on that show. I think there's four really solid ones. Is there any chamber matches that you guys in particularly love?
0: Love's a strong word, but I mean, as far as memorable goes, it's really the first one for me. That's yeah, damn near it.
2: The first one, the one that Kofi was in in 2019 that Brian won, but Kofi was you know going up the card a little bit and, I think those two for me, but I mean, I I agree with, yeah.
0: Along that same lines uh, is Daniel Bryan trying to win in 14 when Randy Orton was the champ going into WrestleMania 30. I just, I remember watching that being desperate for Daniel Bryan to win there. Yeah. I watched, I watched
1: those back to back and they are very similar. Mm. Mm. Good point. Yes. I, I, I intentionally, like, I'm very weird in that, like, I'll do all this reading where like the breakdowns, the match to get a feel for what everyone said and then watch them. (laughs) And so like, cause I like rather I don't like to watch them. I like to watch things in like a weird order. Like I want to like, it's like, okay, these two might be kind of viewed similarly. I want to watch these two cut apart just so I could do a good compare contrast. Um, And yeah, 2014 and 2019 were quite similar. And I agree with this comment in the chat. I, and I'm sure you guys would as well. Elimination chamber, like hell in a cell, should not be an event. though these themed pay per views.
2: Yeah, I liked See, how when they when they started it, it was all about like topping hell in a cell. When Bischoff, you know, created the match that they were going to do something on Raw that could top SmackDown, right? Wasn't yes. that the deal? Yeah. Yes. I great. like I like that you bring it up out of nowhere like that. Um, it's so much more impactful. Just like hell in a cell, like Ryan said in the chat, if you can bring that out to cap off a feud rather than just doing the match because it's time for the pay-per-view. It's, it's so much better.
0: Yeah. I actually disagree. I, I, think, I think this is almost, I mean, an argument could be made for money in the bank, but as far as gimmick matches go, having their own event, this is, to me, is very similar to the Royal Rumble. It just shouldn't be in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. It, I, I could see it, you know, what if it led into SummerSlam to determine the, the main event of that show? Um, It just doesn't make sense to me. Like you can't use it like hell in a cell where it's there to be the grand finale of a feud. Cause when are you going to have a feud, including six people?
1: I I think the key is you have to have six over people. And that's like, that's going to be a big talking point that I'll have during the show. I I think the ones that suffer for me that like, I just like lose interest in before they even start is it's like, Oh Jesus, like this guy's in this, like this guy, like, no chance. Like I feel like Chris Jericho at Slammerie '98 when Johnny Swigger comes out. Zero percent chance of winning. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's like three people who got that reference, but that's okay. Um But yeah, I, I just I think it's. I don't know. I liked when it was used at least in the early years from 2002, and, and you know some of these. Your mileage will vary on some of them, but. They used it when they had six over people and ready to do it. It's I hate when it's like, you know, money in the bank. It's let's just do random qualifying matches because like Ryan said, it's that time of year and we have to have six people. You know, if you don't have six people ready for that match, it's not going to work in my opinion, or at least to the fullest, you're not going to get max value out of it. I, I do think to your point, Justin, the counter is okay. Well, how hard is it to get six guys ready? Like, you know, the match is coming. It's your fucking promotion. (laughs) It's not like this is a surprise. Oh, my God. It's, you know, but um, yes, Santino wasn't a chamber match. And my God, was that it was in 2012. Uh uh, I see Ryan Gorman said, didn't he Santino almost win a chamber with Brian as champ? Or am I having a fever dream? No, Um, that was in 2012. The first like 20 minutes of that match are so boring. And then yes, the crowd wakes up for a Brian Santino closing stretch. Yeah.
2: So I hey man, that is a that's a great sell for the Patreon page that you and yes. award winning author Liam O'Rourke returning to the program because you guys did that 90 minute look at the the history of the Royal Rumble match a few weeks ago. That was so good. If you guys didn't hear that over on Patreon, you're missing out. I'm sure this one's gonna be very good too. So shout out to Liam of Squared Circle Gazette Radio by the way, for coming on Top Rope Nation yet again. Because, yeah, uh, so, and we're, that is we're, a huge boon for our show.
1: Yeah, and we'll be recording Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. We haven't decided yet. But I, I, I just thought about it I had all these notes. I'm like, me just dictating this sounds bad. Me just like oh, hey. reading. I, yeah. I was like, I, I, I need to take a breath. I needed someone to bounce off of. I need someone to say, hey, Triple H sucks, right?
2: i'll look forward to it i love those shows when i I just simply edit it and i can actually be a listener and sit back and listen to it every time you and liam get together whether it's on squared circle gazette or here for top rope nation it's awesome i'll post a teaser on our main feed next week you know which will be before elimination chamber obviously where you guys anyone on the main feed can hear the first 15 minutes or so of that show. I'm sure they'll go 60, 90 minutes, maybe longer. So if you want to hear the whole thing, <laughs> join the Patreon page. I don't know how
1: long it's I told Leo it won't be that long. It won't be that long. Yeah, like, right. Unless it's real fun. So, But uh yeah, and then next week, I'm very excited too. Also, I'm making my debut on the torch. Hopefully, I didn't yes. you know offend Frank with my talk earlier. We love the torch here, Frank. <laughs> we love you too. You're, I, I think, one of the all-time great competitors in the history of pro wrestling, Frank Petiotti, and I'm going to be on his show Uh, talking about Super Brawl 2. Yes.
2: Pro Wrestling Uh. Torch VIP, then and now show with Frank Petiani. He's a patron of the show. Uh, If you join the Torch VIP, you can hear that. Justin's going to be on an upcoming episode as well. I've been on it before last summer looking at Money in the Bank 2011. Frank's an awesome guy. That was a lot of fun. Looking forward to listening to that one. We reviewed Super Brawl 2, one Mm -hmm. of our earliest Top Rope Nation classics. Uh, also on Patreon, one of our almost 80 bonus podcasts you can only hear on Patreon. So, guys, join up. New content dropping practically every week. Next week, we got that uh, with Liam and Kyle. And then, God, I guess it'll be the week after that, we'll be recording February's Top Rope Nation Classics. The vote on Patreon just ended. It was one of the closest votes we've ever had. We will be doing Shytown Rumble 1989. Should be fun.
1: Yes. Very (laughs) excited to go back to the National Wrestling Alliance in 1989. Although, you know, I was thinking offhand, I can't remember a ton of the undercard matches on that show. I know Luger wrestles Barry for the U.S. title.
2: The undercard is not great. I looked it up. And then there's I couldn't remember either.
1: And then there's the new Midnight Express against the original with the six man with Cornette and Heyman working. But I think Randy Rose quits and Jack victory has to work under a mask because it's 1989 in the NWA. And when you need a mask, man, you always call Jack victory.
2: <laughs> but of course you do get this legendary Flair steamboat match. You get Dave Meltzer in the front row. Just going with? absolutely nuts on screen with, with legendary Chicago bears, Brad Meester. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's one to watch for sure. Or no, uh, why did I say Brad Meester? He went to you and I. Uh what's his name? Why am I why am I drawing a blank here?
0: Brad Muster.
2: Brad Muster. Yeah, Brad Meester.
0: Don't you Brad dare Muster. cut that out, Ryan Drosty. Don't you dare cut that out. definitely that out. I'm definitely 19, that the
1: 1988 Offensive Rookie of the Year.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: My God, we're under attack upstairs. I don't know what the heck we're well, it got in the washing machine. It sounds like shoes or something. <laughs> it's
2: rattling back and forth. Yeah.
1: I, I hope no one's picking that up. My God, I feel the earth is about it. to end. Oh, good. Okay. We'll never mind take that out no <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but uh yeah dave meltzer next to a chicago bears player
1: he was with them uh, yeah.
2: yeah they, they went yeah. to get they, they were road, center
1: yeah it, it's just, it's just funny that you know they introduced muster on the telecast and who's sitting right next to him dave
2: yeah and that's the uh uic pavilion wasn't that show yes In illinois chicago yeah so yeah. it's uh, the
1: horizon league I was just yes. at another Horizon League venue the other week, Cleveland State for the for AEW.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, they were not at the Rosemont Horizon. They were at the smaller, slightly smaller venue in Chicago. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, dropping on Patreon. Stay tuned for that. We'll be back next Saturday with our Ooh. look at WWE, WWE Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Episode two hundred and thirty nine of the flagship Top Rope Nation. Justin, hope you feel better, and hopefully, I get to see you Saturday night. Fingers crossed, buddy. Get some rest, Kyle. I hope uh, your laundry machine's all right up there, buddy.
1: I just—I apologize to the viewers tonight. I was kind of like moving around with the camera, like I was getting real big at times, and then getting, I don't know what the hell was going on tonight, man.
2: <laughs> Justin's face
0: right now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, guys. Double brag.
2: <laughs> Join the Facebook group. Link in the podcast description as well. Join us next Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite. Watch along on the playback app. We'll see you all next time. Have a great weekend. Take care.
1: You will respect me, Chad Repack.
0: My drive is limitless. You won't compare to this. I have been chiseled from granted and given a shot of a train on it. You are the enemy, standing in front of me, yeah, now watch what I do when the train coming through your position is fantasy, my
2: time,
0: my shine, ready to attack.